just super wonderful absolutely it's snowed (laughs) i haven't seen snow in years well well i haven't seen snow in years (laughs) you saw it last year barely i don't know if the dutch snow can compare to this uh five inches of pure arkansan snow (laughs) probably not yeah oh lord (laughs) it's fine Uh, i'm cold (laughs) but i impulse bought a like a onesie kind of sweat panty look nice and uh it's the best thing i've ever done (laughs) i believe that it is so cozy i'm so cozy so all i've been doing lately is just uh neglecting other responsibilities and reading articles (laughs) that's that's fair (laughs) how about you how goes about the same yeah right uh yeah Nothing much has changed. Mm. Still the same pit that I live in. What are current uh, Belgian protocols looking like? Uh, Belgium's easing up a bit, but the Netherlands is taking it up a notch. Oofed. (laughs) Because they changed to full lockdown now. No more stores, no more anything. You can only have two people over at your house from another household. Mm -hmm. But... For Christmas, they make it three. Aw, that's sweet. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I don't know. They're uh, not doing that great. I mean, who who amongst us is, honestly? That's true. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, today's episode is going to be a bit different than our usual episodes. It's been a while since we've done one of these episodes. Yeah. Last time we did the COVID updates, we kind of let you in on what has been going on in the art world in this pandemic now. But Mm -hmm. we're going to try to do this more frequently and focus more general art shenanigans. We're going to just give you some of the news that have been circulating in the art world recently. Let's do it. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Elena. And this is Bet You Wish This Was an Art Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, goodness. Let's get into some news. I've got this update from the L.A. County. Tell me about it. Uh, Back in November, the L.A. County Department of Arts and Culture announced that it was awarding $12 million into the CARES Act Relief Grant to about 337 local arts nonprofits. Fantastic. Mm. Wonderful. The awards range from anything between $1,000 to $45,000. Pretty decent. Quite decent. With the intention that the funds will be used to cover pandemic-related losses that incurred between March 1st 
and December 31st of this year. According to the article, about 217 applicants received that 45,000, uh, a maximum amount. Insane. That's good. It's it's really good. It's also very upsetting. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just because of the fact that like that means that for the past nine months, they have lost anywhere between uh, thirty and forty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, and have been without that money until now. That's frustrating. It is uh, frustrating, and it's not like things are letting up already. No. Although we have had the first uh, set of vaccines uh, circulated in the U.S., which is very exciting. That's good. Yeah, uh, it doesn't mean things are safe yet. In fact, quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is this is the, the true reason to be like, to, to be serious about it and to, to get, you know, to stay distanced and yeah. to double down and to reinstall some policies so that when we get out of this, we at least have, you know, a population whose numbers are low. So you don't have to worry. Anyways, anyways, mm-hmm. any damn ways. In the U.S., uh, a large pool of the federal coronavirus relief funds, which is its own frustrating can of worms. As of this recording, and I sincerely doubt it will change, the amount of money that the U.S. government has given is $150 billion. And for most things, is only available to cities with populations that are greater than 500,000. Which, you know, puts small towns and cities uh, (laughs) in really precarious positions. Um, So the L.A. Department of Arts and Culture has partnered with um, municipal art agencies for the cities of Los Angeles, but also Pasadena, West Hollywood, Culver City, Santa Clarita, Santa Monica, and Long Beach. So that whole, like, region. Hmm. Of so of SoCal, if you will, which makes sense because that's like that's the good, LA yeah. area, and the Department of Arts and Cultures will also allocate grants with an equity lens in mind, which gives priority to organizations with budgets. <laughs> this made me laugh. Equity, <laughs> giving priority to organizations with less than fifteen million dollars. Of budget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kristen uh, Sakota, the director of the department, quotes, We made sure that 95% of the grants went to micro, small, and mid-sized nonprofits. If 15 million is your... Uh... <laughs> Christ Jesus. Yeah. Anyways, so... But they are trying to kind of minimize all of the money going to this top, like, really rich companies, which don't need that much help at the moment. So they can't, they probably will at some, at some level, but they can't take too much advantage of the, of the funds. So that's, that's positive. Hey, 5% still goes to uh, these boards. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting. We can't, we can't stop it. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. But it is important to, to reaffirm that there are still these quote unquote uh, relief funds being offered to all tiers in the economic sphere, which is, you know, a, a great step in the right direction. But 
it is important to be mindful who needs it. And so this equity driven approach is intentionally saving lives and careers and lifestyles. Yeah. For a thing people had no control over. California has been in lockdown since March. That's a long time. Like have not left lockdown since March. They had like a minute. They had a minute there where they were like lessening restrictions, but they have since uh, course corrected that. The sad thing is that parties keep going on in the influencer sphere in Los Angeles. So, Uh, which then in turn encourages the folks who, uh, you know, follow and admire and look up to said folks are unintentionally being inspired to do the same. And the cycle just continues. I can't wait for this vaccine, guys. Mm. (laughs) Right in my arm. It's going to be good, hopefully. But let's move on to another story. So all of these stories that we're talking about, they're all going to be linked in our description. Yes. We're going to be talking about certain parts from these articles, not all of it. So if you want to know more information, you can always hop on over to the links and read the articles themselves. Um, but the next issue we wanted to talk about is essentially the leaders in different arts, uh, in arts education, um, are asking for the resignation of senior executives at Americans for the Arts. Uh, that's an organization, uh, which, and they're, they're saying that basically the f- failures of addressing racial equity and claims of harassment are what led them to ask for this resignation of the, the seniors. Basically, this letter was released on December 11th. In this letter, the members of Art Education Advisory Council which is like an elected board representing uh, art educators all across uh, the U.S., they uh, outlined a series of demands uh, that included the immediate removal of the, of the leaders. It was signed by 14 of the 15 elected members of the council. <laughs> and... <laughs> I wonder who that one asshole was. Who yeah, didn't right. Sign it. <laughs> Himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think he's doing a fine guy, Jobs. <laughs> Letter essentially calls for the resignation of the CEO and President Robert Lynch and Chief uh, Operating Officer Mara Walker, Senior Vice President Mark I. M. Tobias, and Board uh, Chair Julie C. Morocco. The critics of this uh, American for Americans for the Arts uh, have said that the nonprofit is uh, positioning itself as the national leader of issues of diversity and equity, while also literally failing to respond to internal transparency and accountability questions that are presented to them. God, that feels very American. The Republican Senator Mike Lee of Utah essentially blocked this legislation that asked for the establishment of of new Smithsonian museums that would be dedicated to Latino Americans 
and American women on the grounds that he said that these museums, if they existed, they would divide the country based on race and gender. Where, where, um, where? I didn't. I wouldn't see myself in the museum. Where, where, yeah. where? He essentially said, and I quote, um, the last thing we need is to further divide an, an already divided nation with an area of segregated but equal museums for hyphenated identity groups. At this moment in history of our diverse nation, we need our federal government and the Smithsonian institution itself to pull us together, closer together and not further apart. We've seen in recent years what happens when we indulge the cultural identity balkanization of our national community. It weaponizes diversity. Fuck you, sir. God, fuck you. Fuck uh, you. Fuck this man. It's literally the separate but equal. Yeah, that's literally what he said. <laughs> it's literally what he said. He said, he, why would you get nice things? Why would you want nice things? We already have it. The, the whole movement or the whole case uh, was presented to the Senate and uh, the National Museum of the American Latino Act passed the House of Representatives uh, by unanimous vote mm -hmm. in the summer. Uh, and then they eventually worked themselves up to the se the Senate. And this asshole says, no. <laughs> On the grounds of what? Can uh, women have muse a museum for themselves? Uh, it's just, I don't get Can't it. I don't, I don't fucking get it. I don't understand it. It won in the House. And if it was to be passed in the Senate, they'd create those, like, it would be historical. It would be fantastic. It would be a place be where you fantastic. can actually, like, explore and have these conversations and allow people to yeah. connect with identities in a way that is more specifically tailored to the identities that they feel. But no. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm subscribed to the Friends of the National Museum of American Latino uh, newsletter. And They've uh they've described this Lee this Lee move, which is going to be all references. I just what a fucking asshole. They've called him shameful. And you know what? That's they're right. They're, God they're completely right. It's so fucking petty. It is so petty. <laughs> and literally it's 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 literally just this one dude who's like, mm, but I don't want you to have nice things in the middle of a pandemic. That feels yeah. that feels uh, political. I think he's the kind of person we know he's the kind of person, but I think he's the kind of person who's like museums are neutral. Yeah, a hundred percent that type of person. Oh my god! <laughs> and like he he's been uh, he's gotten criticisms from both sides. So like a dem Democrat said that he. Well, this move was outrageous and then a republican said that this was a sad moment and it's just no one agrees with you man no one agrees with you that that was a dick-ass move and you know what i bet he sleeps fine at night in utah uh, he doesn't care let's wish him nightmares for the rest of his life oh my god absolutely <laughs> even after we get the museum and we will eventually 
it's just going to take a bit longer because of this asshole. Literally, literally, there were job postings for the museum <sighs> earlier this year. And I was oh. like, oh, this will be fantastic. I can't wait to see what it looks like. I can't wait to, to go to this museum and to experience both like, because surprise, surprise, both of these fit my my niches. And so to see what that would look like and to see what would be highlighted. Anyways, I'm really pissed about this one in particular. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck it's, him. It's annoying AF. Fuck him. Shall we get into another annoying AF story? Oh God, which which one would you like to pick from? That the the Tate London Gallery one or the American uh museums that are the yeah, the uh, sales of acquisitions or the oh. sales. Let's let's start with Cuba. Let's, let's go to Cuba, Cuba for a second. <laughs> let's let's get out of the US. Grab your passports, kids. <laughs> let's go to Cuba. Oh uh because in November 20, on the twenty no, seventh of November, um, essentially the Cuban uh, government kind of ruled to have it basically gave a promise to the cultural sector uh, that they would get a lot more freedom, uh, like artists would get a lot more freedom, and now today mm-hmm. that's that has not happened, and artists are even more harassed than usual weird 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 just the audacity (laughs) of 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 the president hold on let me get into it do it (laughs) so essentially there's been these protests um in the uh outside the cultural ministry that have been protesting against essentially having the freedom to create whatever you want um, and to freedom to sell your own art without the government saying that this is appropriate to sell because what <laughs> freedom please um and th- these protests uh, were raided by the police which caused a huge uproar afterwards there was a hunger strike and protests of the government's conviction of uh the rapper Denise Solis, Solis mm-hmm. um, on charges of being in contempt of authority <laughs> with this one decree which which was enacted in 2018 and it requires artists to obtain government approval before presenting their work and it's wild <laughs> it's, it's wild truly, truly wild <sighs> so to kind of smooth over the situation the government invited like 30 of the protesters uh outside of the building to come inside and so they so that they could come to an agreement uh essentially it was it resulted in truce for independent spaces and this was this is a quote noted by the writer Catherine Bisquet of the Artnet News Mm -hmm. article that was written about this issue but like a few hours after the meeting or like a very little time after the meeting, the president, the president came out and publicly denounced the protesters, even though he said that even though they had quote unquote come to an agreement. And he basically said that it was all a farce and it was all quote imperial reality show. Uh, Could you imagine? And ever since 
in the last few, like two weeks, there have been even more arrests of the artists, uh, especially the ones who are, who are going on the hunger strike. Uh, there were house arrests. This one artist, Tanya Bruguera, she was detained three times. And essentially her sister made this Facebook post where she said that Tanya had been kidnapped by people in civilian clothes. And afterwards, she updated when, when her sister returned, uh, she updated the posts and said that multiple officers questioned uh, Tanya and said, like, they were basically interrogating her to identify the movement's leader. And it's like, what, what century are we living with? Living I in? Don't, I know. It's truly bizarre. I'm not even surprised that something like this happened. No, not at all. A, a lot of countries have this like controlling, censoring tendencies where the government makes decisions for what is distributed and what is sold. This is, it's censoring. There's nothing, nothing else to call it. It's essentially censoring, taking away free speech, taking away the opportunity to say what you feel about certain things that are happening in your own country. In already a tumultuous time. Yeah. And this is just another example of that. And it just shows how far we still have to go in many senses. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And again, not just not just uh not just there, but everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everywhere. This everywhere. happens in so many places. It truly, honest to God, blows my mind. I listen, listen, COVID atrocities aside, right? As as much as you can emotionally suppress all that we've lost this year. <laughs> uh, between human lives and personal freedoms, re regardless of all this, the fact that you still have uh, these institutions, these governments that think that they can just take things from you because you yeah. don't really matter <laughs> to them. Oofed. 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 Uh, it's already so hard being an artist. <laughs> oh my god, it's already so hard to exist. And then on top of it, to to worry about whether or not you are allowed free speech? <laughs> yeah, allowed to make money off of your life's work. Hey, speaking of which, at you, Instagram, we see you. Oh my fucking god. The new terms <laughs> of service? Fuck you, Instagram. <laughs> it's... It's very the very fact that bad. Instagram wants to make it extremely clear that women, like that female presenting and femme and woman bodies, are only acceptable when for uses of reproduction or when they are what's it called or when they literally exist as a money making machine for the platform. Oof. I mean, their whole new uh, terms and services is essentially going against every small business every. and prioritizing all of the companies, like mega companies, on the webs on the app. 
it just shows because a lot of artists are on Instagram and make their uh, like get the, all their publicity or a big part of their publicity from Instagram. And with the new algorithm, it's just everything's been flipped upside down. Even we have lost listeners because we can't reach that many people anymore on yeah. Instagram. And it's just so discouraging. And, so and it's because we don't make money for the platform. We're not, uh, you know, yeah. we don't have that blue check mark. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just let people live. God damn it. God damn it. It's literally, it's literally just uh, <sighs> the also the, the targeting, the word, the specific. We're now angry. <laughs> if you <laughs> welcome to the section of the podcast in which we are now livid. <laughs> <laughs> oh like 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 the article literally the redundancy program in the uk makes me want to rip my teeth out speaking of which yeah. the fact that london's Tate gallery has shed like has re- has relieved 120 jobs <laughs> what they're like yeah so we're gonna cut about 12 percent of our staff so that we can um trim these 4.8 million pounds from our budget teehee excuse me excuse me (laughs) oh my god after it already cut half its workforce yeah it's crazy ah it's so maddening um oh my god there's been a lot of museums that have been selling their oh like, my good parts of their collections <laughs> to, to the maintain shock, their workforce to to the shock and horror of so many. I mean, it hurts me to know that a lot of the works are just going to disappear forever, most likely into oh, most likely. private collections. But at least they're using it to maintain their staff. And to 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 benefit them in some way, hopefully. I don't know. That's yeah, but it's saying. the devil that you know, because for how long can you hold on to a staff before you're just like, meh, goodbye. And and on top of it, we're talking I mean, I understand that like our concept of money is uh is skewed by whoever's public with their money, right? Like we only know most people only know like the richest of the rich based on who is public or who people talk about or like the celebrity billionaires. Uh, <laughs> but there are people in this world who will just buy a Jackson Pollock for $13 million and no one will ever see it again. Yeah. It will go yeah. into some private vault. Do you remember I don't know if it's been made obvious yet, but Elena and I went to the same school <laughs> for our masters. <laughs> and so there was a class we sat through. Oh God, was it? I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember who taught it. Oh, embarrassing. But we were essentially talking about the vaults that oh, are yeah. popped up all over the world. I think it was Costas. It might have been Costas. It might have been Costas. Essentially, essentially, you can rent a vault <laughs> for all of your millions of dollars of precious goods <laughs> and just keep it there forever uh, forever and because of the way that it works they're like they're 
like politically free zones. They're neutral zones. So you don't pay taxes. Taxes. (laughs) Taxes. So you could essentially have a stolen contraband there and uh, no one can touch it. (laughs) No one can touch it. Literally no one can touch it. But Stephanie, how does it get there? On private planes. Because they're typically attached to airports. Could you imagine? I just, I don't, I don't get it. There's so much money in this world that it makes me want to rip my hair out. Oh my God. Because what's happening? You are essentially paying for your sense of untouchability. Your, your free pass into doing whatever you want, whenever you want, and profiting off the suffering of others. Museums, yes, are selling their art to keep themselves afloat, but it could also just be as simple as the benefactors of said museum bankrolling them themselves in most cases. I just... (laughs) uh, Or the government stepping in. Tate falls under the British government and they're just like, "Mm, suffer. So you have the government. We return to the government. We return to the government saying... (laughs) Y'all can y'all can lose your jobs. Thank you. <laughs> Have you considered yeah. early retirement? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. They're they're essentially offering people to or or imploring people to either early retire or or leave their jobs in order to save quote save the museum. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Ooh, it makes me sick. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, it makes me so mad. (laughs) Oh, it makes me so mad. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Honest to God. It just, uh, so much of this is so frustrating. Uh, And we could continue. I mean, the world is uh, rife with fun excitements. For example, (laughs) in Mexico... The uh, oh, oh my god, the, uh, the International Committee for Museums and Collections of Modern Art or the CIMAM has a museum watch program and they released a statement expressing concern over the future of cultural institutions in Mexico, uh, citing quote draconian austerity measures, un- end quote, in the sector as well as the precarious situation. Of cultural workers in Mexico. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you might say that, oh, this is, you know, this has to do with uh, COVID. This is probably due to whatever. But in May of 2019, under the new President uh, Obrador, the sector saw cuts of up to uh, 50% in funding for activities such as exhibitions. <laughs> yeah oh my god oh my god could you imagine could you imagine going day to day quote regional manager um, regional museums funded by federal support cultural programs have suffered budget cuts of 76.53 percent since 2018 this year a presidential decree capped 75 percent of the operating budgets of public museums funded by the instituto nacional de bellas artes and literatura or the uh, national institution of fine art and literature which oversees mexico's major art centers you know these incredible 
powerful, wonderful, and then, and then, and then, and fucking then, you have this dick back in Utah who's like, we don't need a Latin American <laughs> art museum. Fuck you, yeah. sir. Fuck you. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Oh, my God. I'm going to rip my oh. hair out. <laughs> this is all because the Mexican public museums essentially rely entirely on the state support. Oh, yes, because that is what their system is. Yeah. <laughs> While in theory, it sounds good because, oh, yeah, they might support us. No, it's not that easy because they don't. Good. Oh, my God. <laughs> shit. Everything is so bad. But I can tell you one positive news. I need I need positive. Please give me positive. <laughs> so, you know how I was saying that some museums are selling their their like bits of their collections to help their workers. There's also some museums selling some of their collections to diversify their collections. So, Essentially, SFMOMA did this, announced this, quote, rebalance in its collections that they're trying to achieve, which is that they have historically been neglecting uh, Black, Latino, and uh, female artists uh, and, like, getting their work in their museums. So now they are, they will be auctioning a $50 million Rothko and with the money that they get out of it, they will invest in getting the, these uh, artworks from minorities and marginalized people, um, which is good. <laughs> of course, this Rothko is going to disappear forever, and I'm not happy about that. But uh. I think that this is this is something that is essential to do. Not per se, like sell other artworks, but to diversify the collections. And if this is the only method that is available to them, I, I would like to see diverse diversity in the collections. It's a sacrifice, but it's something that needs to happen. It has to happen. We can't live in these white walls surrounded by white men paintings. We can't live like this anymore. <laughs> we have to see just, more it blows my fucking mind when it gets to people who are like where well you need to try harder what are you talking about what are you talking why, about why does everything have to be us versus them why can't we all be together for once yeah. like we're supposed to come together we're supposed to want to we're supposed to want to like aspire for greatness and for good things. The Everson oh Museum God. of Art in Syracuse uh, is also selling a bunch of their, or not bunch, but several of their major items in their collections. Like they're selling the Jackson Pollock drip painting called the Red Com Composition, or they they actually already sold it. They estimated to sell it at eighteen million, but it sold at. 13 million. No, their high end estimate was 18 million, which is fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Art market um, sucks. <laughs> it sucks in normal times, guys. It sucks in normal times. <laughs> this double sucks now because this is out of desperation. Exactly. So they're willing to take the, the fast, <laughs> quick cash 
And and I think that's like where I really like this article because of the fact that it's like we're we're we focus on the big names that get sold, and then just as we are taught in history, as we are taught in art, as we are taught in art market, we just disregard the uh, minorities who get sold off. <laughs> um, I want to read the quote from this article. Please do. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was the hyperallergic article. Everything is linked. Uh, quote, the time has come for art museums to adjust their collections to make up for the inexcusable omissions of artists of color and female artists. It's unfortunate that the Pollock will probably probably disappear from view, but there are numerous other Pollocks in public collections. If the sale establish, if the sale enables the Everson to purchase artwork by overlooked artists of color and female artists, then it's the right thing to do. And I agree, quote, end quote, and I agree with the statement. <laughs> oh my God. But they're yeah. not going to. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> In an ideal world, maybe one day. Ugh. Oh my God. 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 We're just trying to sell Monet's to get by, you know? Make money off money. Sell a Pollock. Kenny Pollock. I just... <sighs> it's fine. <laughs> Is it though? Um, there's new Banksy street art. Yay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but in better news. <laughs> but in better news. <laughs> There is new Banksy street art in Bristol, and it's of a sneezing uh, woman, and she's sneezing out her dentures. And it's on a building. And the more interesting part of the story is that the the building was on sale for like 370,000 pounds or something, which is already quite expensive, as soon as they realized that there was a Banksy painting painted on their building they took the building off of the sale they they stopped selling it mm-hmm. and now they they did say that they're still going to sell it for the same price they just want i think that's what they said i'm not sure don't quote me on this um they said they want to make sure that it is taken care of in the right way so they're like planning to incorporate taking care of it in the contract uh, if someone buys it or something like that. They're planning to do something like that. They also put like a plexiglass around it and shit. (laughs) Yes. They delayed the sale so that they could install the clear acrylic uh, piece and also install an alarm system. Anyway. (laughs) Anyways, in fun news, uh, archaeologists unearthed the fifth century Roman mosaic in Britain. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Experts called this uh, tremendously exciting, which you yeah. know it is. <laughs> it, is just, it is exciting because apparently it it shows like the, that we had the history a bit wrong, or like Shocking. our perception of it was a bit wrong. Amazing! <laughs> Could you imagine we get it wrong? What? Never? Never? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Essentially, we believed that the Brit- uh, that the Roman rule in Britain ended in, in the fourth century, 
And then from the 5th century starts the Dark Ages, which mm-hmm. we don't have much documentation from that time onward for quite a while. Um, and this guy, the Martin Papworth, who is the archaeologist from National Trust, he says that because of the mosaics are from the 5th century, this is a big breakthrough because they first they thought that these people after uh, the end of the Roman rule basically moved into sub- sub- subsistence farming to sustain themselves. But it shows, this mosaic shows that, in fact, the change was more, how do you say, more gradual. Mm-hmm. And the decline from this Roman influence was much slower uh, than they initially thought. So that's cool, right? <laughs> I mean, it it challenges this notion that it was just a one and done deal. It demonstrates that it was a that slow progression means that people just moved to substance farming out of desperation more so than out of like like as a means to an end rather than a uh, a panic. So they had time yeah. to, you know, slowly create these little fiefdoms and just, you know, to establish what then becomes the structure for the Dark Ages. I think yeah. it makes sense. I think that makes, I think a slow decline makes way more sense than um, it, it does than a one day here, <laughs> one day gone sort of thing. Because they were still creating these mosaics means a century after the Romans left. And that there was wealth to do it. That people yeah. had the money to just afford to create mosaic floors. Yeah, it's not, that's cool. It's not a cheap endeavor. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> that requires artisanship, that requires property, that requires time. It was a luxury. Um, we could continue to get into the more depressing <laughs> stuff, but you know what? I think I think this is... Enough. I think to, to to wrap up the year of news, obviously we'll update if anything exciting happens, but we've we've got a couple more fun things planned for this this year. Um, we also want to talk real quick about our structure. Yes, um, we're changing yeah. some things up in BioWeb. As you all know, we've had our one year anniversary back in November. <laughs> yeah. And what started off as like a, a fun little pet project for us is is slowly but surely developing into something beautiful and sustainable. And we want to thank all of you for your love and support. Couldn't do it without you. We could not have done it without you. And we hope to keep putting out this amazing content. <laughs> yeah. But we have a new idea. Well, we kind of been experimenting with it already. We've had a pattern so far. Gasp. (laughs) And this pattern is that each, uh, well, we have different types of episodes that we do um, like every month and a half-ish because we have six categories. (laughs) (laughs) And now with addition of this one, which we're going to try to do these update episodes maybe once every two, three months. Um, so th- there's going to be another section. But essentially what we do is we talk about... One one topic is a topic of art, his- uh, of art history, which is literally anything. It can either be an introduction to uh, a, a movement or 
other thing that we find interesting. <laughs> um, it, uh, then we have an episode about an artist, an episode that would be that that is an article discussion, a movie night episode, an architecture episode, and a, an, a guest episode. We try to do them in this order. Uh, sometimes we will mix it up because we want to, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but we try to follow this just to have like a flow going. And some some of these are easier to do than others. So it also let us lets us have a breather t from time to time. And also, we also, think they're fun. We think we yeah. like we like these topics. We like the structure. Um, we're willing to experiment and try. And obviously, we're you know. We're baby and we love to do new things <laughs> and we have a lot of fun doing it. So yeah. if you would like to see more of the same or something different, we, we're we not done experimenting, let's just say. Yeah. Change is a good thing. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> so we want to do good, thing. good, fun changes, exciting changes, sustainable changes. <laughs> <laughs> So let us know if you also have ideas or if you like our ideas uh, of the structure. <laughs> Elena, thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you too, Stephanie. It is a distinctive pleasure and I love you very much. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for giving us your feedback as well as updates, newsletters, transcripts, blog posts, and more, Head on over to our website at bywrpod.com. You can also find us at bywrpod on Instagram. And at bywrpod on Twitter. And you can also email us on bywrpod at gmail.com. And, of course, you can check us out on our Patreon. Patreon is the best way to support us if you like the work that we're doing here at BiWAP. Come say hi. <laughs> Please. Please wash your hands. And don't touch your face. We're so close, guys. We are so, so close. so close. And by so close, I mean, let's just, this is good, good <laughs> habits. We've got this. We can oh, do this. this. Just remember. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt. Titty out.